Angela Marie Publishing presents, in association with the Blacked Out Couch Podcast, The Healing Collection, featuring apparel with 10 unique designs to represent your healing journey in style. Also, check out The Survivor, our custom tote bag tailored for carrying those day-to-day loads. A portion of all proceeds are donated to mental health organizations dedicated to the culture and the community. Visit our store by clicking the link in the description or going to www.angelamariepublishing.com to shop now and support the movement. Let's heal. What's good? This is Jazz from 64111 Studio. Make sure you holler at me for all your mixing, mastering, and recording needs. For booking, please visit www.64111studio.com. What up, podcast world? This your dude, Walt Lee Dundilla, the popper, Mr. Active Valley. Pull up on me, 1809 Vine, 8600 Ward Parkway, or yes, I'm KC.com. Good evening to all of my brothers, all of my sisters, to any and everyone tuning in and trying to navigate this thing called life. Whether you've been following this healing movement from the jump or you're brand new to the family and tapping in for the first time, welcome, welcome. You are absolutely welcome. This is the Blacked Out Couch Podcast, but we like to think of it as more of a safe space for decompressing instead of your typical pod. And the purpose of this show is to encourage and promote mental health awareness in our communities. For decades, the mere idea of addressing trauma and healing has always been taboo in the black culture. We're hoping to change that narrative one day at a time, one conversation at a time. Now keep in mind, although we do believe wholeheartedly keys to an intentional healing journey include support groups such as these as well as a variety of other ways to cope. In no way shape or form is this show intended to be a replacement or substitute for professional treatment for your mental health needs. What we want to do is encourage, uplift and provide our audience with the tools and resources that have helped some of us maneuver in our day to day routines. While some of our panelists do have experience and specialize in the mental health industry, we're all everyday people trying to get by, just like you. So always remember, no matter what you may be going through, you are not alone. Again, welcome everyone. It's going to take plenty of courage to see this thing through, but I got faith in us, ladies and gentlemen. I hope we hear
friends, family, and followers of the Blackout Couch. It's your girl, Princess, back here again with episode eight, featuring the sisters. A couple weeks ago on episode seven, the brothers talked about how do our boys become men, dropped in some real hard truths, but also some unique perspective that we need to be considering as we're bringing in this next phase of young men in the community and the world. On tonight, though, I have a great panel of five sisters joining me, and we are going to talk about submissiveness. Be sure to stay here for the whole episode, though, because we're also going to elevate one of our sisters who is doing some groundbreaking work in the Black community concerning mental health, and we will have a special feature from her. But for now, let's go ahead and check in with the sisters. Okay, now that we've given some love to the brothers, definitely want to call out by name, special support to G-Don, who's just, he really opened up last episode on things that he was going through in life. So know that we're here to support you. We love you. And we are so happy for your bounce back. Yo, all, please be sure to support him in his new business venture. Um, very excited for him. And then also Brother Game Tight, who is taking over the reins after losing his father. Definitely want to keep him uplifted in prayers as he adjusts to a new family structure. So we love you, brothers. But now here we are, sisters, ready to talk about this highly anticipated episode of Submissiveness. So why don't we go ahead and get everyone here on the air so we can do greetings, good things, and check in. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi, hi. Hey. 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 I'm so happy to see you all. It's been a while. You know, I'm going to start with Miss Adrian because I know that your voice has definitely been here and it's been missed and we're happy to have you back. So maybe why don't you just do a quick hey to the audience and tell us how you're feeling on today. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. Um, I've been through some things and I am happy to be able to be back and, and um, be a part of this important discussion. Um, shout out to the audience. Thank you for um, for listening to and, and hopefully you're getting nuggets from the, the wisdom that's on this panel. These are some amazing ladies and um, they have a depth of experience. So hopefully you all are, are feeling that and, and being enriched by these uh, talks. Yes, snap, snaps. Welcome and thank you indeed to the audience. Thank you indeed. How about Nico? We got what you next. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings to all. Um, as Adrian said, Thank you to the audience. Um, shout out to the audience. We most definitely appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening and most definitely hope that something is said that helps you just run on and do better. <laughs> but I'm doing pretty good today. Um, it's an anniversary of a death. However, you know, we... We we process we we get through it, but it's it's a it's a pretty good day though. So in spite of wow, definitely sending healing, healing and loving energy your way. I was not aware of that, but happy that you were able to be here. Happy that you're still able to find the joy and inspired by it. Because when I have my days on an anniversary, 
I shut I shut down emotionally. I'm like a shell. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it's that way, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Hey. Oh my goodness. I was thinking. I was thinking about what I was gonna share as far as like something that that was that was good, and then I was reminded of my grandson today. Um, so those of y'all who are friends with me or whatever, y'all can see the pictures I posted on my page. But uh, he was twisting around in the shower curtain, and um, I was on Facetime with his mom, and she told him he was gonna pull the shower curtain ride down, and he definitely pulled it down. <laughs> <laughs> and stood there confused like yeah so that that gave me um some laughs today and um uh, overall i've been doing like really well so um been at peace and just just chilling um i got some major decisions i'm gonna have to be making here pretty soon so i'm glad that i've been able to to relax um, but yeah. like everybody else said, thank you again for having me again, and thank you um, to the audience for um, supporting. Yeah. Well, make sure you give your grandson a big hug for us. Glad he didn't get hurt, and that it was a, a good, <laughs> funny memory that'll go down in history for y'all. For real, y'all gotta check out my page. Okay. Yeah, exactly. We have some. <laughs> I saw it, it was too funny. I saw it. It was too funny. <laughs> yeah, he cracked me up. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Okay, Janine. Welcome, welcome. Hey, hey, hey. How well, everybody's doing? Janine. Well, you know, it's it's great to be back on the couch with the ladies. You know, this is this is always a good time, good conversation. You know, a lot of learning, a lot of good things happen on the couch, you know, so it's always a good place to be. And we appreciate the audience that joins us on the couch. I'm uh, fresh off the, off the road, you know, coming from Texas. So, you know, it's like being with family you hadn't seen in a while and then you have the highs and then it's like, uh oh, back to reality. So I was like, here, now I'm back, you know, to reality. <laughs> But uh, glad to be back. Glad to be here with you ladies and excited about tonight's episode. Yes. Yes. And thank you again for joining us. And happy that you had safe travels. But whoo, that travel fatigue can get you. So, I mean, it's, it's quite and, a difference. A 30 degree difference feel like I thought it was fall when I got out the car. When I got out and that's wild. That is wild. Oh my this God. is the yeah. desert. <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. I was breathing like, what the? Yeah, hot. Yeah. Yeah. So for the for the audience, um, not to put her business all out there, but Janine was in Texas for a family event, a fun phase, and reach out to them. But that Texas heat is something that I'm glad I am not a part of with y'all. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. indeed. Speaking of Devin, hi. Hey. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> like I be feeling good now. Usually my um good things be just hey, life is life, and <laughs> but I mean it is. Let me let me not, let's be clear. Life is still life, and but I do have some good news. So um, thanks to Angela Marie Publishing, I am now officially. 
a published author. So I am super excited. Um, I'm ready to share with the world. I officially published my 30 day um, guided journal for how to process through a crisis. Uh, and on the 19th, two days from today, um, I'll be having my book release. So if you guys are in Kansas City, um, get on Facebook, follow Angela Marie Publishing, follow me, Debbie Elise. Um, all the information about how to order a book, the journal, or how to show up for the um, release party will be listed there. So hope to see you guys out. Hope that this journal is something that will inspire and help you on a healing journey that um, originally didn't help you in the meantime. So I'm just excited about that. Uh, other than that, I'm great. So I'm going to throw it back to my sister princess and ask, how are you doing? <laughs> I am very, very re-energized after hearing all of y'all check-ins. Cause let me tell you, it's been, life has been life-ing for years. But especially the past four months, my Lord, my Lord. Um, I am very excited about Devin's news and being a published author. We need more Black female published authors out there. Content <laughs> for us, by us type stuff. Um, so we are going to get into more of that later in the episode. But as far as good things, I'd say the biggest one, and a lot of people don't know this because I didn't blast it all over social media, but I am a licensed evangelist now under the Church of God in Christ. Yes, so I started my classes at the beginning of this year, and baby, let me tell you, it's going to be a walk because it was not <laughs> it was not a breeze in the park, nor should it be. Um but I'm, I'm very excited about where it's going to take me on my spiritual journey and, and the souls that I'm going to be able to connect with and help inspire. So that's the big thing for me. Yes. Come on, that's girl. That's big, big. big. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's good. I'm excited for you. I appreciate it. And you know, <laughs> the biggest thing I think I'm going to have to learn in this journey is very related to this topic. And that is submissiveness. Because if I'm being completely honest, let me tell my testimony. I grew up in a church and I also got hurt a lot in the church. <laughs> and I also felt like there were interpretations of the Bible that I just strongly disagreed with. And I knew that the people who were giving me those interpretations strongly disagreed with them because of the, the way they lived. Their lives. Right. <laughs> um, and so I was very hesitant on taking this journey. But I've come to learn that no matter what institution you're following, it's going to be people who talk the talk, and that's that's just all they do. Yeah. And there's going to be some people who walk the walk and talk the talk. And mm -hmm. learning how to respect those individuals and learning even how to respect the ones who are only talking the talk um, is going to be a learning lesson for me. But I think that it's, it's necessary to learn how to submit to people and respect their experiences, even if you don't agree with all of their decisions. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, I think I'm very nervous about that. Mm -hmm. But like I just told y'all, since I am an evangelist, let's kick this off with a scripture. The word of God is going to be sprinkled all through here, y'all. That's right. So Ephesians 5 and 21 reads, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Yep. So let's start this off by just talking about the concept of submissiveness. It's in the scripture that we are to submit ourselves 
to one another. If if anyone wants to go and open up Ephesians chapter five, you'll read that before that that expert. They're not talking about just husband and wife in that. That's mm-hmm. how we treat each other as a people. So, right. ladies, tell me what is the myth from this? What does it look like? We know that we need to be doing it, but what does it look like? I think um, when I first heard the phrase submiss or the word submissiveness. What I uh, thought about was that I had to be a doormat. That's what it, it it seemed like, or what it what it felt like, and I wasn't for that at all. And so, it took um, conversation, it took reading God's word, and and sitting with it for me to really come to an understanding of uh, what submission meant, and and. Um, how you can submit without being a doormat. It doesn't mean that you have to to be um, mindless and that you just have to be a, a yes woman and go along with whatever's being said. You can still have an opinion and be able to voice that opinion, but it's about more about respect and how you speak to whoever that, that person of authority, if you will, um, that you're you're um, being asked to submit to, so it I think it is important to to get a good definition of that um, because that was a, a a big myth that I had, and so I think because of that, it caused me to be very rebellious in a lot of areas in my life. Yeah, and I think for me, submissive is kind of like like com- com- complying to or, you know, acting in accordance with. And I know that authority is a part of it. However, it's also like, again, in relation to the Bible, like you want for God's will to be accomplished. So when the Bible is saying submit to one another, we also have our own individual wills. So we don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be it up up type of submission, like to someone who's higher than you or authority type thing. Um, submission is just basically acting in accordance to another person's will. So kind of knowing what someone wants, knowing when they want to get there, how they want to get there. And then you just act in accordance. Um, that's kind of what submission is for me. And I'm just kind of piggyback off of what Nicole said. Um, if we're just speaking on submission in a relational state, right? I think it's more so making sure that you're putting the needs and wants of someone else before yours. So um, aligned to what Nicole is saying, understanding the person, understanding what they need, what they want, and complying with that to be sure not to offend them, hurt them, cause them harm or any of that, um, anything of that nature. But I also just think that it goes back to at the end of the day again because i believe all of us are spiritual women um doing the will of god doing the work of god like he didn't put us on this earth to judge anyone he called us to love and in love we're submitting to those that we're supposed to love which is everybody so making sure that we're mindful to not cause harm to but also consider the needs and wants of those people and putting it before what we think they need and want. So that's my take. I, I would say um, basically, you know, to uh, 
agree with what all the women said, all the ladies said, you know, um, it's it's about conforming. Um, it's about, um, I'll say, agreeing. It's about sometimes kind of like that saying where, you know, you want to treat people like you want to be treated, uh, even understanding if, if it's a if it's a, a friendship. And mm -hmm. sometimes we, we have to submit to little because we submit more than we realize we do. And we don't submit more than we realize we don't. And it's just kind of uh, following, uh, well, making someone happy or basically saying i'll give in to this person even if it's this time it's something that has to be reciprocated it's it's on every level of relationships you can ever imagine it takes a a form of meekness it takes a, a logical way of thinking but it most definitely uh, aligns with um the ultimate you know hierarchy which is biblical principles but most definitely learning how to to do treat people like you want to be treated accepting giving in sometimes like my mama used to tell me when i was growing up because i was the only girl the world don't 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 circle around you i wanted in my way all the time i didn't ever want to be submissive to my brothers to my i wanted to call the shots all the time and you can't call the shots all the time you have to give in to somebody sometimes you know and so it's it's just about being fair and and, and playing a good role in any kind of relationship that you're in i agree i struggle i, I didn't even realize that i struggled until recently um when i was a kid i hated doing anything that wasn't according to my schedule if my parents wanted me to go to a party or, you know, go support this family member, do something like, but I didn't have that plan. So why I got to do it? You know, um, so, I mean, that's just as early as it started for me. Um, I think uh, there's a number of reasons for that. But similar to Adrian, I thought it meant being a doormat. Like, uh, mm -hmm. no, I'm too valuable. <laughs> I'm too valuable for someone to walk all over me. But I started eventually realizing recently in life, like post 30s, that every day that we live in life, we are submitting to something or someone. Mm -hmm. When you go work your nine to five, you're submitting to the will of that company. You're submitting to the vision of those leaders, right? Even by being a citizen in America, <laughs> abiding by laws, you are submitting to what the government has going on, what this body has going on. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't cause anarchy. I'm not saying that. But I am just saying that when you really take a step back, and hold yourself accountable for your decisions, um, what you're choosing to abide by, whether it's in a professional sort of framework or a personal sort of framework, you are submitting to something and someone. Mm -hmm. And so you have to learn to take, I guess, what you've done all of your life because you're taught to be submissive at a young age, right? That's the whole point of punishment and learning how to behave. You have to learn to take that and intentionally apply it to relationships friendships, marriages, and that's a very hard thing to do. So maybe while we talked a little bit about what submissiveness is, what is it not? What is something very strongly where you're like, no, it's not that. I know I agree with Miss Adrian. It's not a doormat. People can't just walk all over you. So how do we draw that line? It's not being weak. Actually, submissive is a, is a place of being strong. Um, and most people think that is weak. 
because we use the word submissive in 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 such weak manner sometimes you know even when you think about all kind of things you know submit i, I was submissive or you know i don't even, i shouldn't say this but sometimes even in in sexual relationships that who was the submissive one who you know so we we kind of use that as the the loser in the game you submit you know it's like the weak position and to me it's strong because it's not about physical it's about having a, a logical way of thinking where you can make some right some right decisions and um like staying in your lane or being in your lane or giving in to a situation or choosing a battle not to fight being that that peacemaker or or whatever but it it takes a good thought process, logical thinker. So that doesn't make you weak. I would say I'm it's a, I'm not. A, oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. I would just say like Miss, what Miss Janine just said, I honestly, personally, I think a more appropriate term um, is, is, is surrender um as opposed to submission um i'm i'm just i haven't said very much because i just been listening to listening to what everybody been saying um and i don't i agree in general when it comes to relationships and the things and the behaviors that are being described and how relationships are supposed to uh operate i just don't like the word submissive at all because of the dictionary de definition of it. Mm -hmm. I think surrender is an appropriate term. I think vulnerability um, is, is very appropriate. Um, but I, I'm, again, like I said, I this is why on uh, Wednesday, I, we was gonna talk about this before. I was like, oh, I just, I ain't there today, man. You know, because I, feel very strongly about it just because of one how I was raised in a narcissistic household so you know I have a lot of um a lot of things that I've had to process around that when it comes to that word and how I was raised around it you know because not only you know I was raised in a, it was a narcissistic household but it was a devoutly religious narcissistic household so you know, that came up a lot for me and I've really had to process, look, there you go. <laughs> Toxic submissive. <laughs> uh, I have questions. I have questions. Because <laughs> we have to talk about it. That's the purpose of the couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, would, I would say that I don't think submissiveness is control, but it's compromise. And like LaShonda was saying, I think a lot of times, and this is one of my biggest things with the, in the mental health realm is like, we play on words. We learn them and we sometimes abuse them right. and we use them in the wrong context, yep. with, which then it takes away its power. It takes away its meaning. So I can agree with um, the fact that a lot of people will stray away from wanting to admit that they're they're submissive because again it comes across as a form of weakness but surrender could be looked at the same way yeah. I think we definitely have to be intentional um, when we use our words that we're using them in the correct context and we also have to understand the power that our words carry when we're using them um, I don't I don't 
I personally, let me be clear, I personally don't see an issue with being labeled as submissive because, again, from a biblical perspective, it's what God is calling us to do. And even when we look at sin, sin isn't just uh, fornication or committing adultery or murder. Sin is missing the mark. So whenever we're not doing what God is calling us to do, we're sinning. So if if not being submissive is a sin, then I don't want to be in that boat. So I think one of the things about submissive, it's the argument with submissiveness is we really don't know what the definition is. Yeah, we can look in Google and we can Google the worldly view, but that's not really telling us much. It's, it's saying that we're forcing ourselves. Um, and I think, again, the wordplay on it is what carries the weight like force nobody wants to be forced because force means control so i think when you're submitting you're compromising to the need and the wants of someone else so that's just my take i won't get too much because i know we gotta get some more good juicy stuff going but. <laughs> yes, yes. i feel like we're getting there because the so i do have the dictionary definition up right here oh we know uh, you read right i have it too <laughs> i wrote it <laughs> but i'm like i ain't gonna take up all the show <laughs> no it reads ready to conform to the authority or wills of others exactly and it also has meekly obedient or passive mm. hey can you read the definition of surrender because it like literally has the word submit in it i mean they're really similar yes yes okay definition of surrender Cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. Mm -hmm. Same thing. It makes it, yeah, those are very adversarial words. And yeah. Exactly. That's not exactly. what I believe God intended for that. Mm -mm. Exactly. So I have the spiritual, because um, I wrote all of them, because I was sitting here just uh -huh. trying to, again, I'm, I'm big on wordplay, like right. mental health, all that, like words pop out to me. So spiritually, it says to willfully, right. which got me, to willfully, um, hold on, let me see, to willfully deploy oneself in service to their partner. And I mean, I guess partner could be friend, family, yeah. partner, whatever, yeah. but it's a willfully, it's a, it's, it's, I don't want to use the word honor because again, I want to be mindful of the words that I'm choosing, but when you think spiritual, God gives us free will. Exactly. He gives us the ability to think, do we want to do right? Do we want to do wrong? So when you're submitting, you're willfully making a decision that you want to put another person's needs or wants before yours in ensuring not to cause them harm, uh, that it's something that they may need or want, and it has nothing to do with you. I think a lot of times we take things personal and and just to kind of jump into the relational side of it like sometimes what your partner needs or wants has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them but we mess up because we take it personal and i'm a witness so i'm talking to myself as i'm talking to, <laughs> to you guys in the audience but sometimes we get so wrapped up in us that we can't submit when it's not even about us mm-hmm what does that person need? What does that job need? Like they hired you to come do a job and now you in here talking about you can't work this schedule. That's what they need. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm just okay. kind of moving it away from the relational, but you know, right. in all areas, like submitting, sometimes it, it's not a personal attack against us. It's what that other person, job, entity, authority, whoever needs or wants. Yes. Indeed, yes. indeed. I can relate. Yeah. Well, it. clearly, I don't give a damn because I walked off my job. So <laughs> clearly, I don't give a damn. Well, I can I can relate. I can relate to that. Um, simply, you know, because I run a business, and you know, and I have agents, and um, you know, and and just from being a woman, uh, and this might shift it just a little bit, but uh, being a, a woman who uh, runs a business, I've been running, you know, one for about twelve years, and I have agents that come, agents that go, and um, one one thing, and this is just my opinion, uh as an African-American woman, and when you, you know, deal with a lot of African-Americans, especially women or men, you know, it, it, it's, I find it kind of challenging for most people or most African-Americans, especially women, uh, to submit to a woman um, who's pretty much running the show. And uh, I, I can't pinpoint on you know what brings it about if if it's just oh that's another woman you know she can't or they think that you know you're being told what to do but it's it's been it's it's hard when um people in 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 my position as a woman who coaches and train people to get people because I don't think people see in the workplace as submit as submission you know and even in the word is it's about you know and I, I hate to use the word authority like you you know but authority is authority you know mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard for a lot of people to accept authority from an african-american woman they kind of misunderstand or the intent mm -hmm. or is it envy or is it oh i don't have to do what you know i i don't know you know and and i think that's a good uh something to kind of relate to because even the word when we're not submitting or we're not following authority like Devin just said it's sinful you know yeah. and i don't think people see that you know, as, as a perspective of, of submission. Yes. So I want to hop in here real quick. I'm sorry, Shonda, give me something. Just give me like 10 seconds because <laughs> like this example that my, well, it's going to be a little bit more than 10 seconds, but I promise we're going to come back to <clears throat> My mom told me about this statement that my dad told her. If y'all haven't watched the unpacking episode, um, I don't even remember which unpacking episode it was. Yeah, I watched all of them, but it was the un an unpacking episode <laughs> that we had. And my mother joined and she said that my father said to her, you cannot drive this car. I'm driving this car. There can only be one driver. Mm. And so if we all put ourselves in that mindset of being in a car. Mm -hmm. Somebody can be driving you crazy with how they swerving in and out. Maybe they driving too slow. But guess what? They're driving. They're driving. They're driving. I'm getting they the hell have, out of the car. <laughs> you know, exactly. But that's the other thing is that you can get out of the car. Right. And so when I think of authority, <laughs> I like to think of who is the person that has to keep their eyes on the road. Yes. I can have the opportunity mm -hmm. to go to sleep, to look somewhere else, the people's mm -hmm. going on, to check out the sky. And that actually benefits to me. If mm -hmm. I want to opine to say, oh, hey, it's a parking spot right there, great. But in terms of actually having to keep the eyes on the road, that's the authority figure at that time. Yes. Right. Um, that's how I think about that. that op option. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. And like Shonda mentioned, Listen. you can always hop out the car. What's up, Shonda? What you got? 
Listen, I will be the first one to admit that I have control issues, okay? Not control issues of nobody else, control issues of myself. I have a really big problem letting anybody have any type of control over me, my decisions and things that I'm doing. So, you know, I, 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 I'm the first one to admit that it's something that I'm working through, you know, we're trying to get there. But what I wanted to um, say, I wanted to piggyback off of somebody, and I don't remember who mentioned reciprocity, but I think when we're talking about this whole conversation of submitting to whether it be authority, friendships, relationships, I think reciprocity is very, very, very important. And it's something that is missed out on in the whole conversation a lot of times because one party is expected to do things, make sacrifices, be there, be this and that. But the other party is not taking into consideration what they're supposed to be doing, how they're supposed to be submitting. Yes. When we're having these conversations about love relationships and males and female uh, and females submitting to men the men are never talking about what they are doing to submit to their women so Come reciprocity Come is important so you that's gotta what I say that. Well, <laughs> Come on now. You gotta say now that. Get into the meat and gravy. Let's get into it. Let's get there. So yeah. I got some questions for you. I'm gonna throw right back at you because I don't I don't want to do a show of hands, but for those who are comfortable, you know, if you have control issues over yourself, and really that comes down to trust, right? Trust in your well-being, your care, your future. In the hands of someone else, including the husband. We're going there tonight, including the husband. Say, I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Can I use my feet too? <laughs> so, audience, if six of us I don't think I do. Said that we do. Janine, hit, hit us why you don't think you do. Give I, us I, I think the reason why I probably don't is because I feel like I have been in, I'm, I'll be 50 in a couple of weeks. Few few weeks. On, 50, 50, 25. And, uh, okay. it was, it was, okay. uh, how old you say again? Look, what say that again? Look, 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 that position you know at home i've been in that position how i work i just been in that position okay and i'm tired i'm i'm ready for somebody to say oh hey let's do this let you know because i've all i've always been in that role so i'm ready to kind of say okay what what you know i'm just ready you know for that part you know and, and don't get me wrong I because I, I see myself as that uh Proverbs 31 woman. And that's why I, I say it's not a weak position. Because you know, as when I first I remember when I first saw that scripture, it wasn't too long ago. Um, I always saw it from the perspective of verse, I want to say nine until the the how many ever verses it was that that woman, you know, she can do this, she can do that, and that you know, but what I missed was the first few verses 
where it was a mother talking to her son, which is, is saying it was King Solomon because they called him Lemuel. I can't pronounce that name. But she's telling him right. the type of woman that he needs. And if you think about the Bible, which is saying how we're supposed to be submissive, well, if this is a woman, you know, and she's described this way, and we understand the role of a woman to the husband or whatever, I've always seen submissiveness, submissiveness as being strong. So I always seen myself, oh, what would I be like with my strength partner with the person or the order that's supposed to all that's supposed to really lead and be in that position? You know, so that's what I'm excited about, you know, when he finds that wife in me, you know, as that good thing, playing that role, using my strength in that role. So I'll, I'm ready. I'm because I've been in that other position for a long time. And honestly, I have a lot of feminine energy and I've been playing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I was designed to play the role I've been playing. God just have blessed me with the strength to do it. But I, I really feel I'll be great as the compliment to that. And I'm just excited. And to I, told, I totally agree with that. And I've literally said the same um, yeah, things I'm out there. of my mouth that I am very much open for somebody to come in and make some decisions and do this and do that. Mm -hmm. However, you know that um, when you have been a certain way for so long, however ready I may be, I'm still at the place where I know I'm going to struggle. Like I'm mm -hmm. going to have to adjust. I may just do things out of habit that, mm -hmm. you know, this man is willing to do and wants to do, mm -hmm. but I still know that I've done this for so long, you know? So, mm -hmm. you know, I had my first child at 18 and, you know, been the one I singly raised all my children, not by myself, but single parent most mm -hmm. definitely had a village. Um, however, I would love, 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 love. I know that I would love for somebody to come in and, you know, make these decisions and I compliment them and I humbly provide my opinion and allow them to, you know, make the decisions and, you know, this, this and that. But when you have been a certain way and done a certain thing for so long, I am just not my reality is I know I'm going to have to, you know, adjust. And I know there may be some hiccups in me adjusting and turning that roll over you know to someone else because i absolutely trust me with me yes. and so it mm. will take some adjusting to you know trust someone else you know to to do those things well i'm, yeah. I'm gonna say this and the mm -hmm. reason why i think i'll be okay is because i grew up with four brothers i was the only girl so growing up in the country mm. i was always taught to even be submissive to my brothers they came first, they ate first, mm -hmm. they, they did every. So while I'm a kid and I'm a sponge, I was raised like that. And so when I had to do it, I'm like, oh, this is not a familiar place for me. But, but God created me strong enough to do it. So I like that. And I think the reason why was because I was always protected by my brothers. I was always protected. So I think I connect the submissiveness, being surrounded by the boys and my uncles, because it was a lot of them, only two girls mm -hmm. there. I always felt protected. And as an adult, doing all those things that I've done for my kids, I've done it by... Honestly, I don't know the last time I felt protected. So I think mm -hmm. I connect those two and I'm ready to be connected. I know what it's like to kind of play that role. 
mm-hmm. unlike you know not ever being around men and saying oh I think I mean no I I was taught to you know to kind of do that to my brothers so mm-hmm. I think that's my why it may be you know a little easier for me because this has never felt like a comfortable place for me for 28 years I've no <laughs> this never felt comfortable or protected let me flip it because that word protected protection all of it is like my earth but um so I want to say childhood trauma is real and I have learned through my journey of therapy healing that a lot of what I'm experiencing now a lot of my um reluctancy to submit is based on not being protected as a child I did not realize um because I mean Nicole's my witness I've been in church since I was a little girl. Um, There were times where I was head deep in church. And like um, someone said, church hurt is real. But I mean, we give these men multiple chances. So I had to give the church multiple chances as well. But one thing that I did learn um, about myself and my inability to submit was because when I was molested at a young age, I didn't get the protection that I needed nor wanted from the authority or my parents or any adult around me. And that taught me then at seven years old, ain't nobody going to be there for you like you are. So from there, my mentality was to fight, was to control, was to make sure that anything that I was walking up against or into, I was able to protect the outcome of that. So I I walked in fear a lot of my life, not trying certain things because I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Not realizing that that hindered my ability spiritually because faith is knowing and being able to do things without seeing it. If I can't see it and I can't control it, then how am I going to abide by it? Me and God had this tug of war relationship, even still now, to where I'm trying so hard to get to a place where I can blindly be led. And I, I don't say that, um, I don't say that lightly when I'm relating that to God, right? Um, as far as a relationship, I can only be blindly led if I trust that he is being blindly led by God. But when it comes to my relationship with Christ, it's hard to trust because even some days up until maybe a few years ago, I always questioned him on if you're God of all gods and you you're omnipotent, why would you allow that to happen to a seven year old? Why would you allow that to happen if you knew that that was going to be the outcome? If you knew that it was going to cram me into a box, if you knew that it was going to make me have trust issues and submission issues, if you knew it was going to pull me away from you. Like these were all my questions to God, like why? why why and i really believe that from my perspective a lot of my inability to submit is feeling like i had to be the protector at seven years old and i i counted everybody out after that so if i can't control it it's not happening so i i know my issue now now is trying to find the tools to rewrite 37 years of trauma and that's that's where we're stuck. Like, how do we do that? You know, yes. but it comes from healing. It so. comes from therapy. <clears throat> it comes from 
sitting on the couch with you ladies and getting different perspectives and hearing yeah. different opinions and hearing uh, wise uh, biblical advice and making sure that I actually do the work once the cameras go off to apply that to my life. So, mm -hmm. right. Right. Yes. Can I, yes. can I piggyback? So, can, can I, can, oh, I'm with it. Y'all know, y'all know I be, will lose my train of thought real fast. So I just want to say like, I'm opposite like of, 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 of Devin, where you saying that, you know, you, um, at some point, so, so when I went through my little phase of atheism or whatever, it was nothing really of questioning God per se. It was more so of, uh, trying to find the physical, uh, the physical evidence of the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um faith is what got me through like faith was the only thing i had growing up i was adopted six months old i was in foster care a year and a half i was adopted i had no attachment um no healthy attachment bonding with my mother um with the people that raised me so i was literally out here on my own my whole life so i had no nothing else but god if it was not for god y'all wouldn't be seeing me sitting right here today so um i think that my trust has always been in god that's why i don't trust people yeah. So that's where that's where mine is. Yeah. So we've heard from several women that a lot of this concept of toxic submiss submissiveness came from childhood experiences. Yeah. I won't go into details, mm -hmm. but I'll raise my hand up there and say I fit into that camp. What are some other reasons or maybe other examples as to why black women might be hesitant to be submissive? Adrian, I haven't heard much from you. I'm going to say the what leadership of the man we with. I know. Right. <laughs> Other reasons. Um, or just anything I, that comes to mind I for you. Just, uh, for me, too, personally, I, I think it, it does. It goes back to, to childhood and, and those early experiences that we've had um, because those help to shape what we believe about ourselves, about the world, about people. And so from those experiences, then as young adults, teenagers, you know, and into our adulthood, we get into relationships that may not be the healthiest choices for us or the healthiest kind of relationships. And then that further reinforces the ideas or those beliefs that we have because of our um, the childhood traumas that we've experienced. And so I know for me personally, that that's been my story is that I learned early on not to trust men because it wasn't safe to trust them. And so it took a lot of work for me, therapy, talking to people, um, biblical instruction on learning to be able to, to trust. And I've been married a long time, but it took a lot of work for me to be able to be in a, a position where I felt comfortable and felt safe to be able to trust my husband and to be able to be vulnerable. And because to me, that was 
another part of being submissive was being vulnerable. And nobody likes to necessarily feel vulnerable because to Janine's point that, um, and Devin's point that feeling vulnerable takes away that, that level of um, protection that you have. So um, I think that it, it really boils down to the life experiences that we've had and the, the hurt, the trauma that we've gone through that makes a difference in whether or not we um, are able to willingly submit. I like your word, uh, Devin, that you used, you used compromise, but I also think about that in, in terms of cooperation as well. Because when I think about submitting now with my husband, um, who we've been married, you all know, for 26 years, um, I think about co cooperation with him and not that, again, not that I'm being a doormat. So I had to reframe really my whole ideal about what submission was. And again, because of my past experiences, trusting authority, trusting men, often who were in authority, um, it made it hard for me, even mm -hmm. in the workforce, to to be able to submit. So went through a lot of jobs and got fired very quickly because I wasn't having it. And I was going to let you know that I wasn't having it very quick. Anytime I got the sense of um, this wasn't a safe space or you weren't a safe uh, person. Mm -hmm. And so um, when in, in the movie Color Purple, when... Um, um, Oprah Winfrey's character, she said, all my life I've had to fight. Like that resonated through my soul because that's how I felt mm -hmm. like I, what I've been through for a good portion of my life. Um, and so mm -hmm. if that's the, the frame of reference that you come from, then submission, that's a, that's a cuss word. That's a fight. <laughs> yes. Submit. Come on now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was the truth. Everything about that was the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about that was the truth. Yes. So, you know, we talked a lot about trauma and past experiences. Um, and in the unpacking for episode six, y'all, we definitely talked about that. Um, so those who haven't tuned in, go back and watch it. But I believe it was Nico who actually said that trauma is really a memory. It's an experience. And, you know, I've, I've done some thinking on about that the past couple of weeks and having worked with with my sis Devin here, which I'm about to give her some highlights. It's coming up when I think about an experience that causes trauma. That really is a crisis. You're go, you go through something that's major in that moment. And in that moment, mm -hmm. it's a mental or an emotional crisis, even if you don't realize it. But yeah. your brain knows it. And your brain is going to flag that memory as, hey, this was bad for me. This, this caused my hormones, my, my processing to not function the way that it should. And that then begets trauma. And we can be triggered. Mm -hmm. um, and so one tool that... One of the ladies here, Devin, has provided for us is a guided journal where she goes through and she talks about some experiences she went through and how we might be able to learn from her so that we can process and grow, as Adrian said, so that it doesn't hinder future relationships. Learning to process and grow and not just ignore those experiences for the sake of trying to pretend like they didn't happen. 
So, how about we take a commercial break? We check out this project. We're all going to watch it on, on our devices, y'all. And we're going to come on back and talk about it. As a community, we look at the word trauma as one of those uh, hush hush words. Coming fall 2023. It's a stigma around that word. Like nobody wants to be labeled or be classified under that. Angela Marie Publishing proudly presents. If you look at it, trauma is merely just being exposed or voluntarily or involuntarily to a situation um, that changes your outlook. Sit in your shit. A 30-day guided journal for processing a crisis. You have become accustomed and immune to your own shit. Written by Miss Devin Elise, certified life coach and founder of Lifted KC. Because mental health doesn't care where you are, what you're doing, who you are, it's gonna kick in when it wanna kick in. Fall 2023, sit in your shit. When it finds its place to trigger you, boom, you're triggered. If you don't deal with the trauma, you're gonna constantly be triggered. The highly anticipated guided journal from Kansas City's own, Devin Elise. And one of the things that I'm learning in my associates with this healing is to be aware and to sit in my shoes. For more information, visit AngelaMariePublishing.com. When I feel something, I sit there and figure it out. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling? Because when I can identify it, I, the next go round, I can prevent it before. Sit in your shit. Pre-orders available now. All right, we're back from that commercial break. And wow, wow, wow. I'm excited to talk more about this project. I won't give it too much away because the event is in a couple of days, August 19th, the official release event. Um, you all be sure to be there. Kansas City show up for our girl, not just your girl, our girl, Devin. But maybe we'll go ahead and uh, talk a little bit more, Devin, about what you hope we get from this book. Guidance that you processed. You gave us a, an intro at the start of the episode, but now the question is, what do you hope we get from it? Healing. Everything. Mm. Everything that I pray for is related to healing. Um, I was nervous. Like, so let me back up. What started as my own journal turned into this journal for everyone else. Um I won't give too much detail because I definitely want you to buy the journal, but there was a very traumatic event that happened in my last marriage that literally caused me to stop everything. Um, luckily, I didn't look at it at that time, um, but having moved away from Kansas City really allowed for me to sit in my shit. Like, I say that term lightly, but I really, really mean it. Like anybody that knows me can attest that I'm always on the go. I'm always doing something. I always have my hands in 5,000 different projects. 
Um, but when this happened, and fortunately, I was miles away from family, I was miles away from friends, and it really allowed me the space to process what happened. Um, there's a part in the journal where I, I make sure that as a people, as the person that is processing through this trauma, that we identify things that we cause. Um, one of the biggest things that I realized when I started was I was always blaming. I was pointing the finger. You did. He did. She did. And I never paid attention to um, the the fault that I had in it. And even the the blind fault, because again, I talk about childhood trauma like it's law because in essence it is um a lot of the things that we do in life even how we were just talking about submission like a lot of things that we do and don't do is based on what we seen and didn't see what we experienced what we heard what we felt growing up in our childhood like our childhood molded us it gave us our dna so when i was writing this journal for myself and when it became something for the world to see, one, let me be clear, there were so many rumors about my marriage uh, from people that I didn't even talk to. So this journal, one, is a, a mute to the rumors. Like, don't tell my story. I can tell my own story because I was the one that went through it and I know it better than you can. So this um, it started out as kind of deading the rumors. But then um, as I went into it more, I really had a genuine heart because a lot of times, a lot of us in our culture, we're taught to push through, get up, keep keep your head up, book, strap up your boots, all, all those cliches that we say. Yes, in essence, you should never just harbor in, in pain and in trauma, but you also shouldn't ignore it. You shouldn't just move on in life because it's going to constantly keep showing up. When we talk about submissiveness, a lot of the times, even in our intimate relationships, we're dating people um, and we're, we're not able to submit because we're choosing people that aren't giving us the space. They're not creating the safe space for us to submit. As we said, submission is being vulnerable. You got to be in a safe space to even want to express your emotions. So this journal was my whole heart laid on the line. Um, I pray that the person um, completing this journal feels my presence. Uh, I know a lot of times I've done book clubs and, you know, we read, we get together, we talk. But when you're doing something this vulnerable and this intimate, you don't really want to do it with the person. So I was really um, taken aback when one of the publishers read the journal and was like, I felt like you were with it, with me through that. And I was just like, that is what I wanted to happen. I didn't know it, but that when I heard that sentiment, it made my body just be at ease. Like that's the objective of this journal to know that you're never suffering in silence. And I say that when it comes to mental health, I say that when it comes to life, everybody has a story. And sometimes we're not strong enough or we don't have, um, the places where we feel safe and vulnerable enough to share that story with someone else. So this journal is for you to feel like you have that person walking with you day to day 
through the journey. I don't recommend that you do it alone. As I stated in the journal, find a support system, find a therapist, a counselor, a life coach, shameless plug. I am that as well. Um, but find somebody um, that you can fall back on for support because when you're healing, it's going to get heavy. It is absolutely going to get heavy because when you start looking back on childhood trauma and you start reliving those moments and you start ripping off those scars, you're going to need a doctor to help you bandage up those wounds so that you can keep it moving because that is when you're, when you're able to move, when you're healthily actively achieving something bigger than the pain, which is healing. So come out in two days. We're going to be at the Black Hole. I believe the address is 3635 Maine. We're going to be there from three to six. <clears throat> Again, I wanted to be intentional um, because my nonprofit is all about mental health. So this is not going to be your typical book signing. You're not just going to come in, get a book signed and walk away. You're going to get a snippet of what it's like to heal. I'm going to pull at some heartstrings. I am going to speak life into you. And I hope that the experience um, is well received. I hope the journal is well received. I am grateful for everyone that was with me through that process of healing from that trauma. A lot of people that encouraged me to just sit in my shit because it was a couple of times I wanted to just run back to Kansas City and um, pretend like it didn't happen, but I wouldn't be here if I had it. So um, I'm grateful for you guys giving me this platform to speak on it. Uh, I hope to see all of my ladies on the couch in the building and uh, I expect to see all of my friends and family members that are watching register the link I'll put it in here if you're um, in a second so that you can register to come out. So that's all I got to say. Hope that was everything. <laughs> yes, yes. I I'm love excited. Summation, you want healing. You want uh, to learn how to process, right? How to take some of those memories and reprogram them, right? Mm -hmm. How to empower ourselves and not have to be limited to maybe the, the victimization that we were in in that moment. We can start mm. to, to reprogram and grow from that is what I'm hearing. You want us to learn to do in this. Yes. Journal. There yes. is purpose in our pain. Push yes. through for that reason. But yes. please push through for healing and not just to be stagnant. That's right. That's right. And healing is not an, an end road, in my opinion. It is a <laughs> constant process. Our mind and our heart don't work the same way as our physical body. You know, you can get a cut, get blown open, need to get some stitches, some surgery. A doctor can do that for you. The scar tissue is still there. And, and that's kind of where the healing journey ends. But with with your mental, with your emotional, it can get ripped back open mm -hmm. anytime. Um, and so Devin, why don't you tell us, is your journal a, a one-time journal or is it a journal that, that can be revisited? Tell us more oh, about that. Listen. I encourage you to buy multiple because one of the things that I do encourage in the journal is that you're intentional to one situation. Most people, most of the time when you journal, you're just all over the place. So this is a guided journal to keep you on track for one situation. Purchase five, purchase 500 because we go through things. We're going to go through things, but use the journal for one situation at a time. Um, and, and you apply the, the tools necessary to heal from that, because, again, 
it was so crazy actually going through the publication phase of this journal. I was re-triggered on something that I thought I had healed from. So as I'm walking through the journal and reading different clips of it, and I'm like, hold on, what? That's something that I haven't dealt with, you know? So again, like um, Princess said, healing is an everyday journey. It is um, an act of intentionality. Like you literally have to get up and choose to heal. It's nothing that is just going to automatically happen. Faith without works is dead. So is healing. Like you have to intentionally get up and say, today I choose to be on this journey. And it's not going to always be easy. In the journal, there are days where I tell you to just rest because rest is definitely necessary when you're so um, emotionally invested in a situation. So um, again, this journal is for male and female. I know I got a lot of inboxes where people are just like, is this for women? Nope, nope, it is not because women don't just get hurt. Men get hurt too. Men go through crisis too. Unfortunately, it may be a little heavy for children, but it is definitely for um, adult male and females to process through this, this journey of healing. Everything from the context to the design was with thought in mind that any gender, anybody will be able to pick this up and they can relate to the um, process of healing. So, I, again, I mean, I'm just excited. Like, I've never, yeah. ever thought in my wildest dream that I would be a published author. Like, honestly, if I can be transparent, I really don't even like reading. Like, I read when it's absolutely necessary. You're not going to find me on a hammock just reading a book. That's not Devin. So, to be an author, it's like God is really using me in a way I've never seen me use myself. So, that's why I know it's of God and I trust that whatever his will is, is going to be done. Um, at the end of the day, I just hope that everybody receives this and knows that it's from my heart. And I really pray healing over whoever touches that journal. Yes. Amen. 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 And Devin, do you want to tell us how much it costs in case we, we need to know how many books we, we can afford that day? Yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be so hard. The, the retail cost is $25 for this journal, but it is going to be on sale as a new release for $20. So I encourage everybody buy one, two, five. Um, right now, pre-order is the only option to purchase. So I do want to make it clear so that there's nobody that's going to be upset. There will be no physical copies at the release um, because everything is pre-sale right now, but I really want you guys to just come and hear. I will share snippets of the journal. Um, there may hopefully be one that you guys can kind of see and skim through, but one of the things that I thought about when I thought of a book signing, because of course, People come in, they sign this book. And just imagine when I blow up, because I'm going to blow up, y'all going to have my autograph. Y'all don't want my autograph in something so delicate. So I was really intentional about not wanting to sign something that you are going to pour your heart into. So there will be a memorabilia that I will sign for you. So if you want to get that mug pond or, or do whatever you want to do when I blow up in that uh, autograph, be worth like millions because I'm going to keep saying it because it's going to happen. But um, there there would not be any physical copies in a couple of days when you guys come out, but it will be mailed directly to your home when you order it. So you'll be able to open it up and get to work. 
Awesome. Yes, yes. Excited about potentially snippet. Yep. Can Devin, Devin, did you say where we can get the book or where we can pre-order? Um, yes. So the pre-order link will be added in here. It is available through uh, right now, Angela Marie Publishing, prayerfully, God's will. It'll be on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Walmart. <laughs> Look, hey, <come laughs> yes. in the public library. Listen. <laughs> but right now yes. it's just Angela Marie Publishing, which um anybody looking to write a book, looking to get a book published. Like I have a whole nother book that's unpublished, tucked in my drawer. It's like my childhood tell all the experience that I had. And I was very intentional about who I chose to help me with this project. Because again, this was my vulnerability about to be displayed for the world to see. I wanted to ensure that it was with a company that one, I trusted had my best interest at heart two that believed in mental health as much as i did so that when it's released they are sure to promote it and advertise it in a way that not just speaks to it being a book right that speaks to healing for our community and none other than the the creators of i hope you heal i hope we heal i hope she heal i hope he heal angela marie publishing like everything that they represent is about healing from this podcast with the sisters to the podcast with the brothers to everything that they do. So it was no brainer that I worked with them. The experience was pleasant. I mean, absolutely amazing. And I'm not just saying it because I'm on this podcast with one of the, the owners of the publishing company. I am being a hundred percent honest that if I was to ever publish another book, I nine times out of 10 believe that it will be with them just because the process was seamless. Like I felt like even though I had a part in it, they really answered the questions that I had before I even asked them things that I didn't even think to ask. They made sure that I understood the process of what it was to be a publisher, what it's like for royalties, when it comes to contracting, when it comes to releasing everything was outlined and defined and they didn't have to do that. And they do a lot of things that other uh, publishing companies don't do because of course, if my sister can vouch again, we are like googlequeens.com. So I researched and a lot of things that I've seen other companies offering, they offer a lot of freedom for the publisher, for the creator, for the author. Um, I said publisher, I meant for the author and the creator. So a lot of things that you guys will see in that journal are strictly for me. They didn't rewrite now, the one thing that they did encourage that I am grateful for is the bleeping of the word shit, because I was adamant, like, no, I wanted to say sit in your, but for marketing and to make sure that my book is able to reach multiple entities, um, they advised to, you know, asterisk the word out so that um, it would be accepted in multiple um, areas. And for that, I'm grateful because, again, I was it was an emotional thing for me. Like, this is my baby. This is my story. I wanted to say shit. But um, again, I just want to make sure that I shout out Miss Princess and her amazing husband, uh, Rodney, uh, who are both the owners of Angela Marie Publishing. Uh, if you guys, again, are looking to create a project, reach out to them on social media. The link 
will be in here with the book. So I'm sure somewhere on that website, um, there's a contact form, but definitely keep it, keep it within us, like for us, by us. Like I am big on that. There's so much out there for everybody, but this is for us, by us. And I'll end my spill so we can get back into this submissiveness talk. Well, thank you so much. Once yeah. embracing the world with all of that presence. Yes. Secondly, for dropping a resource that will eternally be available to our community. The Bible says, write it and make it plain. Right. The, the, when it's written, it's there for centuries. And it, that's a tool that our community will have until the end of time. So thank you for that also. Thirdly, really appreciate the shout outs uh, as a publishing company. We are here for our community. There are very few black owned publishers. We see and hear too many times in the industry how our content is taken and literally sold to someone else simply because they have more resources, because they have a legal team, because they have a market and, and money. Um, and then we lose creative freedom. We no longer have that project that we can live within our legacy for our children to come up with new and innovative ways on how to recreate it and re-engineer it, that gets lost. Uh, and so Angela Marie Publishing is not about that. I want to give a special, special, special shout out again to Rodney Lee Henderson Jr., the founder, the creator, uh, the executive content creator of Angela Marie Publishing for creating this space and recognizing this need. Definitely a man that has sacrificed everything. He walked away from everything to believe in his vision and his dream. And no matter how hard it hard headed I can be as a wife, I, I that's the man I chose to submit to. So I'm I'm very grateful and honored that he was able to bring me into the fold um, for this this project and this movement for the people. The other thing I want to make sure everybody know is that you can go to Eventbrite to sign up for the release event. So go check it out. It's all there. Hopefully it won't sell out before you hear it. But for Miss Devin, maybe it already is. Y'all better move fast. I know anyway, the tickets is moving yes. fast. They moving, they moving. So y'all check it out. It's only two days left. Do not miss your spot. So now that we talked about that, one question that I have, I'm gonna actually throw it to Nico. How does mental health show up and the decision to be submissive. How can it show up? Did you say my name? <laughs> yes, girl. I yes. thought I heard my name. Okay. <laughs> how, how mental health <laughs> shows up in that. Um, I love it. <laughs> honestly, because of, you know, adding on to everything that we've all said, if we understand what submissiveness actually means, so to have the knowledge of what it means, and we also know the benefits of it, because most of the time we're talking about the negative side of submission because of, again, our childhood experiences and things like that. But if we know the benefits of it and we know the true definition of it, and as was mentioned by uh, Devin and also Adrian, if we line ourselves up in godly and honorable relationships versus, you know, those unhealthy ones and things like that, then how it really connects to mental health is that is a bonding type situation. So if we are 
being submissive in the actual right way and being submissive um, appropriately. And it's also, as um, was mentioned, is reciprocated. All of that contributes to your level of mental health. It helps you bond to the people that you are being submissive to and that they are also reciprocating that. And it just completely changes your outlook on things. And to top it all off, you are in the will of God. So that most definitely should impact your mental health tremendously. So that's just one piece that how that is related um, to mental health for me. Can, can I can I say something behind Nico? Please. Uh, she, she made me recall uh, my instance when I was going through um, my mental illness uh, time span. Uh, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but uh, when I used to be a school teacher in uh, 20, 2011, I, I got really, really sick. Uh, at that time, I had five babies. I um, was teaching full time. I was going to school, working on uh, my certification and my second master's full time. And I was a full time single mom. OK. And, and my two babies were babies. It was like twins, but I kind of had them back to back. And I had suffered from from sleep deprivation. And uh, I got really, really ill. And it was so bad. Uh, the doctor told me I had to go on sick leave for an entire year. And so during that time when when I was sick, of course, I panicked first. You know, I, I was like, I was so mentally ill. I was taking enough panic, anxiety, uh, attack medicines uh, that was enough for about almost six people. I, I was that much. I was taking that much, and so you know, I, I panicked because I knew uh, I didn't wouldn't have insurance during that year I was off. I wouldn't have medical, no no kind of insurance. So now I'm not gonna have the medicine. And and how this aligns to to submissive for me when I was mentally ill. Uh, is when honestly I, I felt that was my first experience. I, I, I'm not saying it's the only one, but that's when I was, I guess, old enough uh, in a situation that was bad enough that I actually heard or I received the word from the Holy Spirit. And uh, this was the very first time I really, really connected to submissiveness because when I was really down and I was sick, I was mentally ill and I cried out to God. I was kind of like Devin. I was really a little worked up with him because I didn't understand how I went through all this and did all this. And now I have all these degrees and I can't teach and I can't do this and I can't do this. And God, why did you let this happen to me? And I was doing, you know, I got these. But I mean, I'm just running it down to him very very upset and he made it really really clear to me that i was where i was based up on um my own choices i, I had never came to him to seek what he had designed me for and during that time Ooh. the word came yeah. in my head from the holy spirit was if you submit to me yes be in the will of god to me yes your life will be completely different you're over here to the left and i need you right here and you you over that centimeter you know yes i still yes. you I've, I've, I've helped you accomplish some things but i think your mindset kind of got you in the place that you've been doing everything yourself 
And mm. and that was what I developed. I mean, you know, as a single mom, I, I got to do this. I got to do all. And I had developed yep. that mindset. And it caused me to be mentally ill because mm. I did not have God in the center. I was not even submissive to who he said I was. Because if Ooh, I was listen. who he said I was and I had submitted to who he said I was and I can do all things through Christ. I didn't have to be a woman, a man, white, black, a dog, a cat. I can do. It wasn't no fine print of who you had to be to do all things through Christ. And I was not that person who the enemy was telling me I was. And when I finally got that, which I had to go to the foundation. Not who the world said I could be. Exactly. The word said, this is it. This is what I have for you. This is your promises. And you can't even submit to what I have told you. You are and I created you. Mm. And that's where submit. That was the first word. And I'm like, yes. how am I supposed to submit? So you don't even know the instructions. So that's why every everything for me, and it took a lot, y'all, for me to begin there. Yeah, I cannot be anything mm. I need to be. I can't even submit when number one, I don't know the true definition to submitting. I don't even know what my creator said I am. So how can I submit to some? And that's the, what's wrong with the world. People are operating from their own order. And you mm -hmm. can't even submit it to the rule book, which is the Bible. And when we get to coming up with our own ways and our own this, and God promised me, he said, when you can understand who I say you are and you can submit to that, you will be aligned. Perfect alignment. Everything going to be boom, boom, boom. But hold up. I didn't say it was going to be peaches and cream. Right. You walk through the valley, but I'm going to be with you. That's even mm. part of being submission. Walk through the valley. Don't like I, I bet the flip this phone other... out, man. I should have <laughs> been in class with you. Take the time myself, though, boy. I should have been in evangelist class with you. Let me tell yes, you. you. Oh, so we we all got it. We all can. I just want to say one thing. I want to say one thing to Devin, to Janine, to anyone. There's the why. Yep. The why is to glorify God. The why yep. is to know and learn what your foundation is. The why is to know what the most important thing is. The why is to know the only way is through him. One way. That's the um, why. When you are in the midst of all that way. stuff, it's okay to ask him why, but there's the why. It is going to get some glory. Uh, Cash yeah, to take up offering, baby. Yeah. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> y'all done, done got some yeah. definition. I pray that y'all receive this and apply this. I am because, yes. I, like, listen. Yeah. I want to flip something over. Draw us closer to him. Yeah. Yeah. If I hadn't went through that, I wouldn't have never pivoted. So That's in my exactly. mind, I was submitting to who my brothers and say I was supposed to be in life, what mm -hmm. I was, where I was supposed to go to school. And I never seek God. And I was out there in a, on an island by myself, which allowed the enemy to start giving me direction. Yeah. I was listening right. to the wrong directions and I was being submissive to nothing. But what Janine said and whatever I felt I needed to do to take care of my children. And when God said, I'm going to need you to submit to me, which I could not understand what that meant, submit to you. But he made me a promise. If you can completely. And when we talk about completely submitting to God, that means 
when things are going wrong, am I going to mm -hmm. freak out and convert back to what I used to do? Or I'm going to trust mm -hmm. something I can't see. I had to submit. And I understood that real quick because I had nothing, no income, no medicine, no anything. But I had to submit. And the minute I, y'all, it was so bad, I couldn't even read a sentence and comprehend what it was saying. I, I could not process things. But I mm -hmm. passed all my financial tests, everything, because I had gotten alignment in alignment with what God want, had called me to. But without submission, I wouldn't have never found my purpose. Yes, I, I was in the valley oh. because I needed to pivot to As get a dark spot for me. So I, I really had to learn that in submissiveness of my weakness, sometimes submit into God is not a good feeling, but the trust has to be there. The faith and knowing what he says about you and has for you is a willing to submit submissiveness and we have to walk through that. So like mm -hmm. sometimes people ask me, well, how you can talk to a, a married person about being submissive? Doing my the word don't change. And it's in the word. And it's in the word. Now come on. That's what the word says. So I got it right here. I got it right here. And we can't. And I never had a a a great relationship with a man, but I am hopeful I will be married one day. And usually a bad experience make us say, I'm done with. No, God told me I was going to be someone's wife. And I was that Proverbs 31 woman. So yes. because I my sense of discernment put me in a bad situation or experience, that's not the end result. And that person is yeah. still going to find me. So sometimes we get in bad situations and it causes us not to want to be submissive, not just in a relationship, but it causes us not to want to be submissive. But the word said, which Princess opened up with, that we have to be submissive. So we have to learn also that's not right. to let bad experiences stop us from doing yeah. the will of God. That's right. That's right. Ephesians 5 and 22. I'm going to go ahead and read this because we're going to cut it open and then wrap, wrap up the show after this. 5 and 22 through 24. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands as unto the Lord. Pause. As unto the Lord. Run it back. As mm -hmm. unto the Lord. So you have to already be submitting to, to something in order to know how to be submissive to your husband. Right. 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. So this is also, in my opinion, heavily misunderstood. This is saying, wife, <laughs> you need to make sure that you understand what your husband stands for, what, he, what his vision is for his legacy, what he expects of you as his rib, because he's following and abiding by a code, just like how the church has to follow and abide by the code of Christ. And so it, it's super important. For us as women to also have the right mindset of, and yes. again understanding what submissive is because it's agreement it's alignment we talked about about that here tonight as well and then ending with this one section or this one set of verses therefore as the church is subject unto christ so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything so even it's when there's cycle. disagreement you 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 remain faithful yep yeah. you remain faithful and, um, you know, Proverbs, one, one snippet of Proverbs 31 that really stood out to me, Proverbs 31 and 11, this is the Amplified Version. It says the heart of her husband trusts in her with secure confidence and he will have no lack of gain. So if your husband can't trust in you, 
to be the partner to live and abide by the agreement and the code and the vision that he has. What you doing? You know, <laughs> right. 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 And I think and so it, even in yeah. my my experience of being married and divorced twice, unfortunately, it took me having to bump my head my way before I realized what God's true meaning of a marriage is and understanding that one, the man that I am marrying that I'm choosing to follow has to be following God. Like has to be, he has to have his own relationship because I can't go into a relationship thinking I can carry the weight of the relationship financially, spiritually. That's not where God positioned me. And a lot of my mistakes and, and, I don't intend to call my marriages mistakes, but once you learn that you went into something um, without knowledge and without consent from God, then you understand that it's doomed from the moment you go in it without God's consent. Just like uh, Miss Janine just said, like God gives us free will. We can do and choose to do what we want to do. But when it's not aligned with God, it's not going to work. Right. And we sometimes put ourselves in traumatic situations, in crisis, in storms. And then we want to blame God and we want to blame the devil. Sometimes we give the devil too much credit. And sometimes God ain't even in it. It was us choosing to do what we wanted to do without seeking him, without knowing him. And until you fully know God, you will not know your assignment and not knowing your assignment. You don't know who God has for you because I truly believe God's not just going to give us things until we're ready. So if you're not ready for marriage and you jump into a marriage, then it's probably not going to be with who God has designed for you. And that's just my experience. So now going into relationships, looking at life, because again, like Miss Janine, just because I've had two marriages that didn't work doesn't mean that I'm not seeking to still be a wife because I know what God has written. I know what God's commandments are. And I also know what his promises are. I just have to get myself together and align myself to him so that when it's time for me to walk into another covenant, I'm doing it with a man that is already submitting to God so that my his leadership can pour into me. And it's easy for me to submit because I see him leading. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing. Like that takes a lot of strength and humility for a woman to, to really get on the stage and say, you know what? I'm responsible for why those didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't where I needed to be. That takes so much power. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I think that we also heard from this Adrian, and I actually would love if you have anything else to offer to get your perspective, but we heard from you earlier say, yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't all the way in the submissive my state when I first, you know, started out on this this journey with my husband. So can you talk to us more about about that if you're comfortable? How did, what things did you do to help? prepare yourself or to help transition yourself into a submissiveness mindset? So the uh, there were a few things that, that I had to do. And, and 
the first one honestly was that I did. I wrestled with God. I was like, what do you mean? What I see what this says, but did you forget what happened? Did you forget what I've been through? How am I supposed to do this? So in wrestling with God, I had to get to a point where I had to trust him above all else, above anything that I could see was happening. And so once I aligned myself with God's will and, and, and put my faith and trust in his word, then I, I had to um, talk to other women other women who I saw setting that example of, of being submissive to their husbands so that I could get an understanding of what that really is supposed to look like. Because again, in my mind, that was being a doormat and I'm not going to do that. So as I, I learned from women who were older and, and, and I would say much wiser than me and they taught me. And so it was it was a combination of the the biggest thing was the trust put my trust in god and then talking to women and, and being vulnerable with them so i saw them like you talked about earlier princess seeing people walking the walk and talking the talk and so in in being able to talk to them it helped me to change my mind about how i saw being submissive and so then i said okay I got this motto. I, I first we try, then we trust. So I'm gonna try a few things out and see how it goes with him. See how he responds. Speaking about my husband, um, and as I submitted to God and trusted Him, and and then and submitted to my husband, things started to turn around in our marriage. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is a different dude. <laughs> This is the I'm getting a different response from him. And so as I started continuing in that process, the, the nature of our relationship and how we related to each other and the, the way that he started to care for me, it, it was it became a, a team and a, a thing of cooperation and a thing yeah. of him now considering me and considering my feelings. And it was no longer adversarial. But as I don't remember who said it, but somebody said, um, he Devin, I think you said it. He had to be following God too. So he was getting coaching and instruction and in God's word. And so together, because we both were aligned, then that allowed us to form this this union that was in a spirit of cooperation and, and thinking about us being a team versus us being against one another. And so in that, there more vulnerability, more trusting, more of me feeling comfortable submitting to his direction and, and to um and just to him and his house in, in our household, um, it became easier. And over time, anything you do for long enough, it becomes a habit. And so now it's more habitual for me. Um, am I perfect? No, I mess up sometimes and he will let me know like, hey, uh, <laughs> you was tripping when you did or you was tripping when you said. And so sometimes I need him to explain because it's like that don't make sense. How? Why, why would you be offended by that? So, again, I still have my voice, but 
now we're able to talk through and work through problems and we realize we recognize that we're a team at the end of the at the end of the day regardless of what the situation is that we're facing so that was what it took for me so it was a bunch of a bunch of wrestling with god reading his word prayer and then women who i saw who were willing to share their their lives and their experience with me Awesome. I love that. I love it, especially the last part, having having that good group of women that can share their experiences yeah. and, and, you know, impart wisdom that that you honestly are just getting for free if you, if you were receiving the wisdom. Um, my, 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 I was just saying that to me. Time, how much I appreciate yeah. them and what they've meant, the jewels that they've been in, in my life. Because I know without them, my life would be a lot different. And I might not even still be married, if I'm honest. <laughs> honest. Yeah. Oh, I understand That's that. Well, we thank, we thank those women. And I thank each of you all for being on the couch and serving is that for the next generation. That's really what we're doing on this podcast. Yes. We're talking about yes. experiences. We're talking about, um, honestly, conversations that I don't have with the ladies just over Thanksgiving dinner and my family. I don't know about y'all. Right. But <laughs> I love it. So thank you to each of you all. Um, maybe I'll end with this question because we are going to have unpacking next week. So I kind of want to end with more of a charged topic. Um, you already had dropped some, Adrian, about what your husband did to assist you and really lead you into uh, being more receptive of a, of a submissive role, but what are some things that men can do to, to, to recognize that we aren't there and maybe there are reasons causing it? How can the men assist us in, in being or playing a submissive role? Actually, I, I want to ask, um, Shonda, I hope you're not mad at me for asking you this, but even so, let's, let's just keep it real for the podcast. I know you stated earlier, you feel very strongly about the word submissive. So, you know, I would like to first start by posing that question to you. What is something that you would like to see a man do to assist you in being more of that vulnerable and willing, willing to support space? A friend like that for you. So I think, first of all, when it, when I look at relationships um, with, with anybody, I look at them in a, I think the word cooperation was used. And I like that word because as individuals, each one of us have a role to play. Like I said, reciprocity. You have to figure out what that is, uh, what, what, where you bring um, benefit to the relationship, where the other person brings benefit to the relationship. How can y'all balance each other out? How can y'all create a harmonious relationship? And <clears throat> that's 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 what I would prefer to use as far as you know cooperation, faithfulness, loyalty, that those type of words fit better for me. Um, as far as um, what I think men could do or a man could do in, in my case is um, allowing that space for, for my level of sensitivity, which is why I spend a lot of time alone because I realize not everybody can allow or is capable of having a space for my level of sensitivity. I'm an extremely sensitive person when it comes to energies, when it comes to other people's feelings and emotions. And so even things that are unsaid, I feel those things. 
And so, you know, in my relationships and my experiences, I, I have not had experiences with men that were particularly vulnerable in any type of way emotionally. So emotional vulnerability from a man is very, very, very important. Agree. That was going to be my answer. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about um, like what a man can do, basically, you know, it's the golden rule is a biblical principle, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But in some of my development along the way, some of the leadership um, courses and things that I've taken along the way, I came across the platinum rule. I don't know if um, you guys have heard of that one, but it's basically do unto others as they would want you to do <laughs> unto them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we kind of treat people the way we want to be treated, but they're a different person. They're a different mm -hmm. individual. So we want to focus on doing unto others what they actually want us to do mm -hmm. unto them. So it really boils down to that communication, to that clarity to talking about expectations, to breaking it down to the least lowest level of here's what I desire, here's what I want, and me and being open to having those conversations and, you know, really actively listening and, you know, paying attention and then for our actions to back up those words. So if you tell a man you want a certain thing and he's listening, and then he actually kind of gives you that thing. And then you're still biting his head off or it wasn't the exact way you wanted him to give it to you. And, you know, different things like Ow. that. So what a man can, you know, really do is to focus on the wants and the desires and actually, you know, listen and pay attention to that. And just both sides with that, you know, open communication and having clear expectations of how we're going to get to the goal that we're trying to get to. Nicole stepped on my toes on one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I think this kind of sounds like um, I was introduced to love languages. I was just going to say that. <laughs> and I really think um, just listening to what Nicole was saying, and then I know uh, Shonda was talking about reciprocal. Yeah, that worked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, my whole tongue stopped like that. <laughs> yeah, that word that she was using. But um, it really just goes back to learning a person. And I think mm -hmm. dating is essential nowadays mm -hmm. because we get in a lot of relationships for the wrong reasons and for the wrong feelings. And then as that relationship progresses, the things that we really need, which is emotional support, um, understanding our love language so you can know how to love us so that we are in a space where we feel safe and then we can reciprocate that feeling um, back to the person and then they can feel safe. And then it's just a cycle. Uh, my therapist is uh, introduced like you learning your own love language. You can't demand to be loved unless you know how you need and want to be loved. So the first thing is knowing and loving yourself. And once you understand that, then it's easier to make demands. It's easier to have requests and to set expectations. Because like Nicole said, a lot of times, um, and she stepped on my toes with it, like we'll ask for something and then we'll get it and we'll 
bark back like well it wasn't the way i wanted but in, in essence it's like is that what i really wanted or was i just testing you to see if you would do something that i asked and sometimes we as women abuse that power that we have with men um i made a post that we women sometimes destroy good men well toxic women sometimes destroy good men and i say that even in a relationship sometimes we can be very demanding and setting unrealistic expectations and even when that man accomplishes it it's not good enough because we don't know ourselves so for a man to help us be more submissive we one need to know us but then i think a man needs to be able to be emotionally in tune with himself to where he doesn't feel weak when he needs to be emotionally connected with us a lot of men can't connect emotionally because it goes against their yes. compass yes. of i got to be hard i got to i got to um i got to be the fixer and mm -hmm. i am real big if i come to you to vent it is not because i need you to fix it i need you to acknowledge my feelings because i can fix things too but sometimes i just need that safe space to get it out because it might not be even something big enough that needs fix it's just i need to vent about it get it out of my system and it'll go away but if i don't feel safe with you then that's something that i'm holding in and it's gonna build resentment into something else so I say, women, learn yourself, know what you need before you start demanding things from men. And then men, make sure that you're in a place where you can understand what it means to be emotionally in tune with the woman that is supposed to submit to you so that you can submit to her emotional needs. Well, I would like to say, uh, I was gonna talk about the love language as well, but uh, I've been reading this book um called the a woman of power, purpose and power which i thought it was completely about you know right raising up to your purpose to be what god created you for but it's not for, about that it's about a woman which this goes back to submissiveness what god says about you it's about a woman understanding why god built us to be women and and then it's a male a male matching book called the man of Pur purpose and power both of these books are written by uh, Dr. Uh, Miles Monroe. And I was so glad I got the book because I thought it was for one thing, but oh my goodness, this book is talking about so specific on why God created the woman, how he came about with Adam and what made him come about with, with, uh, with the woman. And he talks about really uh, what a woman, a man needs to understand about a woman and what a woman needs to understand about a man. And when they can understand that, how they can get along much better. We are completely made different, but they were made to complement each other. Mm -hmm. And we don't understand why. I'm going to give you an example and then I'm going to wrap up. Why can a man kind of be like we kind of may see him as doggish or different things like that, but God put us here to multiply, right? And a man, because of how he was built, he thinks about the event. So he thinks about the event of sex. So he's built to deposit, which means his ultimate thought is the event. 
when you take the woman the woman is designed to incubate see we can take anything a man give us and we can turn it to something different you give us a house we'll turn it to a home you bring me some lunch meat and um, some 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 bread and we'll make a sandwich and a meal a man doesn't think like that and so when a woman doesn't understand how that man is built and the woman is built to be emotional and that nurturing type of, of, of person, we get to conflict in each other, not knowing it was made to complement. And so we have to understand why each person is made, why the woman is emotional. But a man also have to understand that whatever he gives that woman, she's going to multiply it, no matter if it's good, if it's bad, if it's, you know, if it's ugly. You're going to get it back 10 times fold of what you gave her. So communicate and understand what the woman wants. Like, for instance, I'm very simple. Most men will think I won't be bought this and I can buy my own stuff. I'm an intimate person. I'm emotional. It's about time. It's about, you know, what are we talking about? It's about my your intellect. Are you talking to me? I don't need those other things that's not what makes me feel special and so we have to understand what that person want but we also have to understand why a woman is built her way while man is built his way and why those people have their personalities and and all those different things so that the communication like Devin said is so much better because you got to understand that person from their perspectives us as women and our personalities and when men kind of ignore that piece and not understand what that woman wants it can be terrible but we as women it's the same way we have to understand that man and how he thinks and sometimes we have to teach each other how to be what we want them to be from the perspective of a male and, and personality perspectives but it's about communicating and, and understanding that person and just because that's what you like ain't what what i like i don't like that so they go back to the love languages yeah can i add something to that I think what everybody has said is, is being so on point. Um, I think it's important, too, for a, a man. I, and we're talking about men right now, but really in relationships, uh, just because you don't understand the pers person is coming from doesn't mean that you should you should dismiss it. So I think that is um probably the the one of the the worst things that a person can do is to dismiss the feelings or the perspective of the other person because they don't they don't get it or they don't understand or even because they don't agree so into to your point or your question princess of how can men help women don't be dismissive acknowledge and validate the feelings the 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 experience that the woman is having, even if you don't understand it, even if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. But if your goal is to connect with this woman, different, all, I think everyone has said, get to know her, get to know how she ticks, what she likes, not what you think she wants, not because uh, Devin, I think you talked about being a, a, a project or, or, um, a man fixing it and it's in their natures to want to fix things mm -hmm. and so that's not the the first thing that you need to do you need to find out what does she want from you what does she need because that could be different for each one of us on this panel and each woman that's in the audience we may have a, a different need so whoever you're connected with whatever woman you're connected with and your goal is to to um to make that relationship deeper, then 
you need to be able to, to validate and appreciate her feelings, her experience, and try to understand it if you don't. And nine times out of 10, the man doesn't, because as Janine said, we're built different. Me and my husband, we have to have very intricate conversations in order to make sure that we're on the same page, because we'll walk away from a conversation having two totally different understandings of that conversation and when we come back and talk about it, it's like that's not what I said that is not what happened how did you get that out of what I said and so we've been doing this a long time but we still still have those different understandings about things so communication is so important so important yes yes Especially that last part. Especially, <laughs> Especially that last part. I've only been married for two years, but I've been with my husband for 11. And to this day, we still have the... No, that's not what I said. Well, let me pull up the text. Because you said the text. You said, really? The screenshot game. Look, look, y'all got your receipt. I got your receipt, baby. We just had that before I got on this call. And I was like, Ooh, let me go get my mind right before I get on this video. <laughs> oh my gosh, but you all said a ton. I heard accountability, I heard communication, I heard emotional vulnerability, I heard understanding both of our needs, women our own and men, understanding what you need, where you are, and what you expect. And I love it. And I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. If I were to throw my 10 cents in there, because I am, I'm going to just go ahead and wrap up this little block of Ephesians. Since we went on to church, I'm going to go ahead and end us on church. Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5, 25 reads, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And Philippians 2, 5 through 8, tells in detail how God really, Jesus Christ, how he submitted himself because of the love that God had to man. Um, so we'll go ahead, we'll drop that on the screen, we'll put a link in the chat. But it's very critical, man, in my opinion, to truly understand the role that Jesus Christ served. If you are a believer, if you say you're in the church, you need to understand this. And so I would say, man, read Philippians 2, 5 through 8, and then come talk to me. Come holler at us about it on Unpacking next week. But in the meantime, in between time, y'all be sure to pre-order your books, show up to the release in two days, and just continue to support the healing journey. We're hoping everyone heals. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>